0: Hello, hello, Sass Files Universe. Welcome to another episode of us. Um, We are talking episode 109, The Reckoning. And yeah, this is Rebecca. And this is Chelsea. It's both of us, as always. We wanted to give you a couple of updates on things before we headed into this episode. And that is, one, our Instagram changed which is we don't need the dots anymore when you type us in. So spread the word. Um, it's literally just the SASNAC files put together. There's no more dots, which was the goal in the first place. So I'm very excited. I feel like it's all coming together very nicely. And um, And a surprising thing happened is we have a blog. Chelsea, you want to tell them about that? Of course I want to tell them about that. <laughs> <laughs> i am super excited uh it'll primarily be me talking to you guys if you want to come on the blog just to give us something to do you know this drought lander is going to be really really long and unfortunately we're going to need things to fill our time luckily diana gabaldon has given us plenty to work with and uh so yeah i'm just planning on Talking on their articles every couple of weeks, and our podcast is also linked into the blog, so you can go there to access all of our newest podcasts. I think it has the five most recent episodes. So it is just com, and you can go and check it out. It's pretty awesome if I do say so myself. Just tooting my own horn a little bit. It's pretty good. I'm excited for some of the topics that you will be putting on the table, so to speak, for everyone to digest. So that'll be good. And that exact link to the website is the one that replaced our Instagram link. So the one that was on Instagram would take you right to the podcast. And now it's just going to take you to the website. Chelsea, are you ready to get into this episode? Absolutely. Let's do it. So we start off with a monologue in Jamie's voice. This is the very first episode that we get from Jamie's point of view. And I was really, really, really excited about that. Me too. Like, I just, I love it so much. It happens rarely. Like, has it only ever happened twice in the entire series? Yeah, and this is the only episode that it's fully from his point of view. You're not switching back between characters. It's sad, though. I want more. I want more, Yeah, yeah. It's cool that we finally got from his perspective because we are always in Claire's head so much, which I guess makes sense because the book is written from her point of view. But I just loved getting it from him, and we got to get in his head a bit and see kind of how, like, I loved being in his thought process because he really does think a lot as a character. Like, he really is sitting there, and we do get to see where he's at and what's going on before we find out how he got to Claire. So, like, that was pretty smart on the TV show's part. (laughs) And they did it primarily because Katrina had worked pretty much every day for the past six months and they needed to give her a break. So this was a creative strategy that was introduced to kind of give her a little bit more chill time was to bring in an episode from Jamie's perspective and see all of the characters back at Leah. With Jamie, and then Claire is still a prominent figure, but not as ingrained in the episode. And I just thought that was very creative because, A, it gives people what they want. You get Jamie's point of view for the first time. And you also give your lead actress, who's literally worked her ass off for the past six months, a little bit of a reprieve. So there's Mm. this monologue, and it is very similar to the monologue that we got in the very first episode from Claire's perspective and I just thought it was so cool (laughs) that they did this but they start out the same and then they're completely different like they have the same cadence and pattern but the words are different and I just I really just all the parallels guys where he's standing he's at the water and he's tossing the rock onto the water, and we see a figure behind him. I just thought the whole thing was interesting. I wish I had written down word for word what he had said. He's talking about what it means to be a man. Like, what does that look like? You know, and how he became one, I guess, in essence. I love how he words things. And all of those shots in that sequence were absolutely gorgeous. The waterfall, everything, just... mm. Even how they blurred out the figure behind him and stuff was just, that was good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so you don't know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah, you're like, hmm, but you saw that it's a blonde, so you're like, who is this person? What just happened? (laughs) It really would have been a twist of fate if it had not been Leary, because everybody's like, oh, I bet it's Leary. Yeah, like, who the fuck's this other blonde? How many women have you kissed? (laughs) <laughs> we flip back in time. So in both sides now, we have progressed all the way up to where Jamie appears in the window. Well, then yep. we rewind, and the first thing that we see that's actual episode footage is Jamie and all of the guys meeting this guy, Horrocks And we <laughs> find out that Blackjack Randall is actually the The guy that shot the guy that Jamie is accused of shooting. Didn't surprise me one bit. No, and here's the thing. Ned is such a nincompoop. You would think for a lawyer, he wouldn't have said something as stupid as, Blackjack. Do we really believe him, a captain, could do that to one of his men? I'm like, you're not an idiot. (laughs) What? I was kind of shocked that Dougal was like, dude, like, are you with us, Jamie? Like, are you present? And I'm like, no, his wife literally almost just got raped and said she can take care of herself. So, like, how is he supposed to be feeling right now? (laughs) Dougal, like, come on. (laughs) Back to the whole Horrocks thing. Jamie's right. Like, he can't use Blackjack Randall's name. Nobody's going to believe him. So it's like, he's so put in this position, it sucks, and Horrocks is like, well, I gave you a name, my work here is done. Just in the two minutes of screen time it gets, I'm like, I really don't like you already. Well, yeah, like, he ran away from his own people, for one thing, but just for himself, it had nothing to do with right and wrong with what's going on in the scenario, it's just, he's thinking about himself. And they're all like, we don't care that you left them, we just... Need the information that you're trying to tell us. And then I'm surprised Horrocks had the guts to even throw the alcohol to Dougal like that. I was like, bro, you just, you have a bunch of Scotsmen around you. Do you want to die? <laughs> After, as Horrocks leaving, Willie rides up with an empty horse and Jamie's like, fuck, where's my wife? And the look on Jamie's face. Ugh. Yeah yeah he just was he was terrified just like shit and then what's funny is willie doesn't even tell him exactly what he was doing he was not just taking a piss let's <laughs> get and talk <laughs> about the important things willie <laughs> <laughs> was I doing mean, a number two not taking a piss guy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he lies because he knows Jamie was going to kick his ass. Um, and then the music starts going and Jamie's off with along with the other men. And then that's when the theme song comes on. And then the title card. How did you Brilliant. feel about that title card? Yes. Brilliant title card. I it absolutely was, loved it. It was a great way to show we are getting with... We, <laughs> that sounded bad. <gasps> we're with Jamie. Okay. hell yes we are. I loved the title card because it was just another thing that put in our face that we are in Jamie's head this episode we are with him the whole time so and i loved seeing what it was like to put on a kill actually not just cuz he looks nice with his legs but like genuinely i thought that that was pretty cool to see him put it on and then just get his whole getup going that was really awesome you're right, that title card is just another okay, this episode is from Jamie's perspective. In case we haven't got the clue yet from the voiceover and the entire first scene of the episode being just Jamie and the guys, now we get the title card with him putting on his tilt. And all of this combined kind of signals, okay, this is gonna be different. This is this is a different type of episode. I loved, like you said seeing him put on the kilt and the whole process of it and just getting ready and stuff. And you don't even see his face. I mean, it could be a body double, all you know, but it's not a body double. Nope, it was Sam, for sure. He wanted to do it, so that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So then we flash over to Fort William. Myrta being a badass, and then Jamie shows up, and they're like, almost good cop, bad cop, but not really because they're <laughs> both bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, like better tell us what you want to know or we're going to slice your balls off every man is going to protect his member so they knew that <laughs> oh yeah let's just cut to the chase <laughs> we will cut your balls off tell us where she's at I just through this entire sequence all I kept thinking was genius is such a badass and when he takes the gun from that guy on the battlement of the fort and smacks him across the face with the butt of the musket. Honestly, the first thought that came into my head was, that looks like a soldier move. Like, it's his training as a soldier, because Jamie was a soldier over in France. I kept paying attention to the music. I just thought the music was so good during this whole moment, him trying to get her and just... He literally was going to do anything to get his wife safe. And it was kind of cool how he was hiding underneath his kilt before they get into the um, fort and everything. Like, I just thought, man, kilts are awesome. (laughs) He looks like a rock. I didn't even know he was there for a second. (laughs) Yeah. And so Jamie's on the roof and trying to figure out how to get down there. And he is sliding down slowly but then hears her scream and he's like I gotta go help her I'm like dude how do you know that that thing is going to hold you oh my god tug Um, on this rickety looking wooden arm is not going to tell you whether it's going to support your entire body weight I'm sorry but he took the leap yeah and it worked out for him just like him pretending his gun was filled with a bullet like oh my god (laughs) You know, his heart had to be going like a jackknife. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And he opens the window and what does he see? BJR on his wife. BJR's such a dick. Like, seriously, did you see his face? He just lit up. Like, just, oh yay, there you are. BJR is still, like, on top of her as Jamie's right there. And he's, like, not budging at all. To be in Jamie's head that whole moment like poor dude the last thing he needed was bjr on top of her you know because that was the point of them getting married was for her not to be near him again my whole thought was claire looks so relieved to see jamie but also you can see the change in her face really quickly it's like oh my god jamie's here but then it's like oh my god jamie's here shit because she knows yep. what that means for him. Like, she's glad that he's there and that he's going to try to save her. But at the same time, like, he's spent the past how many months trying to avoid Blackjack? And he's literally climbed into the lion's den to save her. And she she knows the repercussions. Even if they make it out of here, it's it's going to be ugly. Yeah. Do you think she had maybe in her head stuff about like oh I tried to get away from him and now we're gonna have to talk about this eventually I don't think that it was but I just thought that just now no <laughs> I, I don't think so there were a couple of really great I mean anytime that black Jack's on screen you get these really just such sadistic undertone comments one of which was First she orders you to fire, now she orders you to flee. Who's the man in this marriage, Fraser? It's just so taunting. It's like, you motherfucker, shut (laughs) up. Well, when he literally asks Jamie, can I see your back? Can I see my handiwork? I was like, fuck you. (laughs) And I love that Jamie was like, "Uh, it'll be the last thing you ever saw. (laughs) (laughs) Damn straight. So... Then Blackjack makes the comment, "Uh, would you like your husband to join us? Like, oh, it looks like we're going to have an audience. And Jamie's face. uh... Do you think he would have done anything he needed to do to make sure it wasn't going to be as bad for Claire? Mm -hmm. Do you think he would have joined in? Because if Blackjack was saying, hey, maybe he could join us, you know, do you think he would have? I think Jamie would have. Died trying rather than voluntarily let Blackjack rape his wife. Yeah, like I just feel um, like Jamie literally would have like charged full headed at this guy and done everything possible before he would have voluntarily been like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> which which is what he did in essence he did do everything he could to make sure that didn't happen so yeah yeah, yeah I, do, I don't really feel like that thought ever crossed jamie's mind i think he was more worried like he didn't want that to happen to her mm-hmm. yeah so jamie goes at blackjack manages to knock him unconscious after the gun misfires because it's empty and yeah jamie's comment in this moment It never occurred to me to kill a helpless man, even one such as Randall. I admire it, that he would never stoop so low as to slit an unconscious man's throat. I admire that about Jamie, but at the same time, like if he'd have known what was coming. And already his experience with BJR, you would think what he did to his sister, you would think what he did to him, you would think what he did to Claire already. I would have thought that would have crossed his mind. Here's a question. Did you think, wow, like, BJR literally pulled the trigger. Did that shock you? It kind of shocked me. Even now when I watch it, I'm like, I can't believe he still pulled the trigger. (laughs) Quite frankly, nothing that Blackjack does surprises me. I can't get in his headspace enough to understand him and his motivations as a character. So, I don't know. Just, like... I don't know. I'm not I don't ever try to make sense or be like, oh, yeah, that's shocking. I never would have anticipated that because he's such a sick, sadistic bastard, quite frankly. that yeah, sure. Of course. Of course he would have pulled the trigger. (laughs) That's so interesting with how you described him. I would have and how he had already been with Jamie. I really would have thought he would have done something more torturous versus just kind of ending his life like that. I think it's but I guess, all about winning with him. He saw an opportunity to win, and he took it. Interesting. Jamie covers her up, which I just thought was really sweet. So before they even go to flee the fort, he puts, like, a shawl on her. They leave and jump into water. <laughs> yeah, I love how she looks at him and is like, you are sure there's water down there, aren't you? <laughs> and he's just like, I think so. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. That makes me feel a lot better. Yep. And they're riding off. And all I kept thinking was, she and him have got to be cold riding on that horse. Mm. Because Scotland's cold. And riding at night when there's no sun. Oh, yeah. It must have been freezing. Yeah. So, they make a pit stop (laughs) for the horses. And Jamie hands the reins to and says can you water them and martin goes we'll just leave it to it jamie takes claire somewhere just kind of to distance himself from all the other men and he's being so sweet and gentle with her and goes are you okay like she goes yeah i'm fine and then he goes i'm a and she's like for what and he's like an apology i told you to stay put and look what happened when you didn't. And she goes, fuck you. I don't have to listen to you at all. Blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, it just gets into a whole thing. He's just like, you're my wife. You have to do what I say. And she goes, that's not my job. But that's all you see. <gasps> when Claire oh, is talking God. to him. I just kept thinking she's listing all the stereotypical things of this day and making them insults and hurling at him simply because he wants an apology for her not doing what she promised to do in the first place. I'm just Mm. like, she's literally pushing his buttons just for the hell of it. Like, she knows it's pissing him off and she just keeps right on going. I can't blame Jamie for exploding the way that he did because she just... He tried so hard and I identify with that so much as a person because I have a temper too and I try really hard not to lose it. But if somebody keeps poking you and poking you and getting like escalating the conversation over and over again, eventually you're going to freaking explode. You're going to reach your boiling point. And I just identified with that. And he felt so terrible after he did. Yeah. You can see it from his face. He never wanted to call her a foul mouth bitch, okay? Like, no, it's not really a husband's goal to do that. I mean, I would hope not. Um, but you're right. She did purposefully keep just getting in his face, and he tried to get away. You can see it. And then he just stops after he says what he says to her and just kind of breaks and then gets it in her head like do you realize what the fuck i did for you like why are you talking to me like this she <laughs> i knows I, full well that he doesn't feel the way that she's saying he feels like i'm just there to warm your bed and give you a place to stick your cock when you want to like yeah yeah that's not how he feels and it's just that's a low blow. <laughs> yeah you're right he yeah. did a fantastic job just like do you realize what I just did? Like, Yeah. I, and then, care, I wouldn't have come to Fort William with an empty pistol in my bare hands to save you from Black Jack Randall, okay? Oh, my God. It's just so heartbreaking. Cause he's, and then he says, and then I heard you scream. Like, get with the program, Claire, seriously, because he did just do this for you. Now, here's the other side of this is that, Claire can't really tell him why she got caught, right. which is a bummer. And so she's kind of stuck, but she did explode at him saying all this random shit she did not need to say to him. And you're absolutely right. That is not how he thinks. He's not proven that to her at all, like that you're just here to warm my bed. Like he never would have gone about marrying her in a forced way, you know, so it's irritating. But it just sucks from her Point of view because she was just trying to get back to her husband. She gets caught doing it, and all Jamie wants is an apology. She couldn't take like two seconds to go, Why does he actually need one? Oh, because I did break my promise. Claire's not like that, though. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> and I think it's worth noting that this scene between Jamie and Claire, five seasons later, Six years later, Sam and Kat, when they're asked in an interview, what do you guys think, what scene do you think most defines Janie and Claire's relationship? They still go back to this scene. And I I really think that's worth noting because it is a huge moment in their relationship where they realize, A, we really do care for each other. B, this is going to have to be a relationship built on compromise. I'm not here to just be a figurehead, okay? I'm a person and I have a brain and you need to treat me like that. And Jamie is saying, Yeah, I'm a person too, and I will defy the devil himself to keep you safe. But damn it, woman, you gotta help me out a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very important scene in a relationship. So I just I remembered that from an interview I was watching in the off season. I'm like, yeah, this really is a very poignant scene and a very crucial <laughs> one to their relationship. So I'm going to do a little, like, showrunner oops for you, <laughs> and I wonder if you noticed. It's something you um, can't unsee. <laughs> no, it's something you can't unhear, is when Jamie says, when he's yelling at Claire, like, Next, I find you on your back with your skirts up, and, worst, and the worst scum of the earth between your legs ready to take you before my very eyes. She was not on her back when Blackjack was on top of her. She was full on lying on her stomach. They could have at least maybe changed it a little bit because, like, that is what happened. So on a technicality... Yeah, that's a line still from the book, isn't it? Yeah, I get why they kept it in there because it is a book line, but it's still, like, to the viewer, you're like, wait a minute. Maybe he was saying it in the heat of the moment because he just was so, like, blah. But, like, (laughs) it is a book line. Jamie really does actually believe she needs to listen to him. But there's also that other side is where she did promise to stay put. And that means something to him. And she broke her word. It's such a sticky situation because she can't just straight up tell him right now what what she's doing. Yeah. And I mean, seeing things from his perspective, like, yeah, she can't tell him why she was really gone. So, yeah, he probably is like, what the frick? Are you kidding me? (laughs) If you had yeah. just done what I told you to do, none of this would have happened. And he literally told her that. None of this would have happened if you had just stayed where I told you to. Um. Yeah. I, but but this is what he says. He says, I ordered you, which would trigger any woman. Like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me yeah. right now? You're ordering me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this heated discussion. So it wasn't going to go well anyways. And then how it ended was very nice because yeah. she's probably had a few fights with Frank before. So like, she goes, forgive me, you know, and he goes forgiven. And I just thought he's just the sweetest. And I loved his dialogue so much. He says she asked forgiveness, and I gave it. But the truth is, I'd forgiven everything she'd done and everything she could do long before that day. For me, that was no choice. For me, that was falling in love. That's great. And such wisdom for someone so young. So he's very emotionally intelligent and gets it. I he just is, but that I also pretty. think that much like the monologue at the beginning of Sassenach, this is older Jamie telling this story. Because oh. whenever you they're heading back to Leah, he says, justice done, problem solved. But I had precious little experience as a husband. You know, and basically, th- today, this day and age, I never would have had such naive expectations. So I feel like it's older Jamie telling the story. Which is so funny, because I wondered that this round, listening to the first sequence where we hear his voice, I just went, is this older Jamie? So I think this looks pretty cool. I never really thought of that until watching it last night. Okay. So they get to the tavern, and... All the guys are completely ignoring Claire. Which don't even get me started on that shit. Like <laughs> <Why laughs> fuck you, babies. God. And Jamie sees this happening, and he just keeps side eyeing everybody. He's like, "Oh, damn it." Yep. He knows what's up. He doesn't necessarily agree with their behavior, but he knows why they're acting the way that they are. Yep. Because she's trying to talk to them. Like I could understand the men being upset if it was for the right reason, but they're upset because she hasn't been spanked yet. I think they're upset (laughs) because she put them all in danger and they had to go and save her ass. That's why they're upset. It's just that in order for them to get past it, there needs to be some sort of justice involved. And that's where that comes in, I think, is their mindset. Not that I agree with it. They're being completely childish in how they're acting. When Jamie gets up to the bedroom, I feel like he does a really good job of trying to explain, look, it's justice. It's not, Yeah. you know, he tries to have a dialogue with her instead of like, this is how it's going to be. Get on the floor and lift your shit. Yeah, like he sees this isn't normal for her. So he's going to like try and talk to her and just go, this is why this is about to happen. And she's like... I already said I was li- going to listen to you every time you tell me something, so this doesn't need to happen. And he's just like, that's just it, Claire. I don't think you really understand until, like, you really get it. So he's just like, I- I'm not sure I believe you, because... Well, and he's speaking from experience. That's the funny thing. He's like, I can tell you from personal experience that a good hiding makes you understand things. <laughs> and I'm dis- light (laughs) he's like trust me I've been there I was thinking more so like his personal experience with her not keeping her word to listen (laughs) oh no he has definitely had experiences where he's had a belt taken to his rear end or his back no yeah Uh no I know do you think the show did a disservice to the situation it was almost like it was funny and I think that more has to do with Like it being from Jamie's point of view versus being Claire's point of view. I never thought of it that way, but I I think the music didn't help. I will be honest Mm -hmm. about that. I think the music was too upbeat and I was kinda I remember when I first saw this episode, I laughed because I'm just one of those people that laughs when something like shocks me and it's uncomfortable sometimes. Like I'm just like, I will laugh because this is some crazy shit. And when I saw this, I went, Is this really happening right now? I could not stop laughing. I'm not going to lie about it. I still laugh during the whole beforehand banter with them, like, her throwing stuff at him and him ducking and, like, all of that. Yeah. It still makes Shh. me laugh because it's funny. I'm sorry, but, like, it is. It's funny. And, Shh. um. She literally yeah. sh- chucked something at his face. Like, it hit him. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't think the music helped. I think the music still kind of bugs me every time I watch it. I'm like, why did you guys do that? They they tried it without music, and they tried it cutting it differently and stuff, and like having a screening with people that have experienced domestic abuse, and they said that it was too triggering for them. So I just struggle back and forth, because it is a serious topic, but at the same time, it's They're trying to get a point across that for Claire, yes, this is a very serious thing that's going on and she doesn't agree with it at all. But for Jamie, it's another day in the life of an 18th century husband. What I didn't like, and I don't agree with them doing, and I think it could have been done without, is cutting back and forth to the men out in the tavern. That I think they should not have had. Because again, they were trying to be funny. And... All it really did was piss me off because I'm like, you fucking bastards. Are you kidding me right now? Like, ugh. yeah, the the men were bugging me for sure. I was just like, fuck all of you. I felt for Claire because you can kind of see it. Once I watched it again, I paid attention more to like how Katrina was doing everything and I was like, Claire's terrified. She doesn't want this happening and I don't blame her because it really is a breaking trust moment. He is about to hit her on the behind with a belt. And that's just not okay. I really do get that he's just doing this because that is the mindset back then. But like, in my mind, it doesn't matter what time period you're in. It's just not okay. And whoever said it was all right to do that needs to go think about what they did because, and it was obviously a man because women didn't have rights. But, like, to say anything, yeah, I highly oh, doubt yeah. a woman yeah. was like, hey, we should spank right. the wives, you know, to get them in line, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it I just, just hit yeah. me just now when you were saying that. It's like, yeah, your perspective on things is literally what Claire was thinking. It's like, okay, this was never okay. Like, why is this a thing? Totally. what's going through her head. She's like, are you freaking kidding me? But at the same time, not to lend credence to the actual act of it or anything, but it wasn't a double standard type thing. Like this kind of punishment was given to the men as well as the women. It was just that the women were viewed as their husband's responsibility. Unfortunately, the responsibility of dispersing punishment went to husbands. So I feel like it also adds a whole other layer to it because we are seeing a husband take a belt to his wife, and it's viewed more as a domestic thing, but I also feel like women were treated like dirt anyway, so this mm-hmm. is where it's kind of a bit more bothersome is that women were just treated like shit. That's where I take a lot of issue with it, and that's why i respect Jamie, Jamie and Claire's relationship so much in later years and even fr- basically from this episode onward is that it's a very Consensual, actual marriage. It's not a husband making decisions for his wife. Jamie always takes into account what Claire wants or thinks from this episode on. And I think that's where his monologue comes in. When you take all of this into account, that's when you become a man. It's fitting that Mm -hmm. this kind of situation happened in this episode because he's right. Once you learn that a marriage is about compromise and working together as a team and understanding where the other person is coming from. That's when you're an adult and you're fully capable of taking on the world at that point. What I love is that this is before Jamie knows she's from the future. He decided to make this decision to break tradition to Say, I will never raise my hand to you again because I see this broke trust and put a strain on us. And I don't want that. I actually want us to be together. I want us to be a relationship. I don't want this anymore. I don't want us to live apart. But he would have totally done that if that's what she wanted. He wanted to be with her. And for him to have gotten on his knee and say, If I ever were to raise my hand to you again, may this dagger pierce my heart. Like, holy fuck, he meant that. This is Jamie. Like, Jamie that wouldn't swear fealty to his uncle, who doesn't have responsibilities to anybody. He's getting on his knees and swearing loyalty to his wife in a time when women were property. You didn't do that. And he's literally saying, I'm giving my life to you. Seriously, if this moment did not happen, I would have a problem with Jamie. I don't care about the rest of the stuff. I mean, yes, there's one thing in particular that happens later that I was like, holy fuck. Mm -hmm. And if he was still a man that felt like he could hit his woman still just to make sure that she knew better, I still would have had trouble. Because I'm like, you're still a person that thinks this is okay, yet you do this. I don't know what to do with you right now. He would be extremely confusing to me um, if this was still a part of their relationship punishing the wife if she did something wrong, and what happens towards the end of the season. Those two I would have a hard time connecting. Again, I super appreciate that he decided to do something that was totally against what he had been told and what he knew, which is hard for anybody. Like, this is all I knew, and I don't know how to do this. I just know I don't want what I'm having with you, Claire, which is the disconnect. So the next day, they come downstairs, and what are the men doing? Oh, Claire, we're all buddy-buddy now. Why? Because Jamie took care of Yes, That's why. And I'm I literally scared. wanted to – it's fucking stupid is what it is, Chelsea. Anyways. <laughs> all the men. If you guys are... can't tell, Rebecca and I have a little bit of differing opinion on it. <laughs>
1: yes like we've worked through our
0: issues and we're moving forward (laughs) yes I literally wanted to chuck something at the men though I just literally was like Myrta shut the fuck up Rupert shut the fuck up all of you are just I just literally wanted to chuck something and when she said no thanks I'll stand and they're like oh and Jamie's like shit I know I am in trouble I just don't know why I'm just doing what I was pressured to do basically uh, he's I'm just awful. doing what that's the thing is that he's so young his dad died his mom died he's trying to live his life based on what he sees around him he has no structure he has no parental figure Murta's the only thing that even comes close yes everybody has those instincts but He's living life the way that he's expected to live life. And it's not until Flair shows him that he sees another path to take and he takes it. But he doesn't understand what the big deal is because he did what was expected. He's done what has always been done. I feel yeah. like he's really struggling in this moment to kind of put the pieces together and be like, what did I do? What can I do differently? Like, how can I make this right? We see that a lot through the rest of this episode completely. Like, it is all he's ever known. Which is why I can get it on some level. Poor guy. <laughs> they basically have a wedding reception waiting for them. And there's an extended scene on the DVD. They come into the courtyard, and they're fighting all the way up through the castle. They're just, me, 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 Like, one thing after another. <laughs> and then they storm through the doors, and everybody's like, Woo ah! And they're like, shit. I love that Claire was like, Don't touch me. <laughs> and he's uh-huh. like Shit. Don't touch me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. So Column and Letitia both come in. Letitia's just like, Congratulations on your marriage. And Colum's like, Congratulations, Claire, on your marriage. And looks at Jamie and goes, Fuck you, bro. He's like, My life was great like forty eight hours ago. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Right, oh they literally got married two days ago. Poor dude, he was just having the time of his life, and then this no, it's probably been um, almost a week at this point. Now that I think about yeah. it, yeah, Jamie, like you said, he's so hurt. Like, why is my uncle looking at me like this? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> he just—he's married now, and his uncle just doesn't say anything to him. It's just horrible. Like, my heart broke before they go meet with Column. Jamie runs into Leary in the hallway. And what is she doing? Crying like any girl would who likes a boy. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this moment, I completely identified with Leary. She just wants answers. Like She thought that everything was great. Jamie would be back in a few months and they'd get back to what they'd been doing before. And he comes back and he's married. What the hell? She's understandably yeah. upset at this point. It's... All her actions basically after this point (laughs) that I have a problem with. Completely. She's completely justified in how she feels at this point, but she just keeps going further and further into the pit of depravity. I completely agree with you. At this point, it's very valid because any girl would be hurt by a guy who's kissing you. That you like? What else are you supposed to think? And she is younger. Every girl who's younger who likes a boy and he's macking with her, what is she supposed to think? This is why I don't like when people use people in general. Like, stop doing that. (laughs) Just don't be kissing people that you don't really like. Let's just end that now. (laughs) Jamie promises to have a talk with her though. Like, he goes, We'll talk about this, but I can't right now because my uncle needs me. Jamie, being a man of his word, he was going to have a discussion with her because he could see that he did hurt her. At least yeah. that's kind of what it looked like. A little bit, anyway. Yeah, I I feel like he he definitely felt like he at least owed her a conversation, which he did. Yeah, he owed her a conversation. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like Larry's behavior beyond this point is acting like it's Jamie or Claire's fault. What happened? It's not it. Was a marriage of necessity. Yes, it ended well. Like the end result was was great, but it wasn't something that either one of them chose. Yeah, and I feel like that's the disconnect. Like she's hurt, and she feels like they personally did her a wrong, but she doesn't have the full story, and I don't think she ever bothers to get the full story. To be quite honest. Well, yeah, because he didn't have time. Because she flat out takes off her jacket and like I'm a virgin. I know she's not. So here's my my breast for you to touch. (laughs) And he's like, uh, there's a boob there for me to touch. What Uh. do you say? What do you say? (laughs) Well, and he's also just horny right now and his wife's mad at him. I don't blame him at all for holding her breast a little bit longer while he was saying no. He's like, Leary, I can't. But he's still like cupping her and it's like, I forgive you. It's great. I understand. Not any cupping action going on though? If you no. watch his hand, the hand no. is on the boob, but he does not squeeze the boob. No, I just meant I just met his hand was on her breast. That's literally yes. what I was thinking yes. when I said that. So I know he's not squeezing, but he sure was like, There is a breast and it feels nice. Um, I would and- definitely be like, Jamie, what are you doing? Every time I see that scene, I don't get mad at him because I'm like, you know, it seems logical. She does have a nice breast. It actually makes me admire him even more because he had the opportunity right there and willing. He made the decision to leave that gathering with him and Leary and go find his wife and make things right with her. Yeah, I respect him so much for that. Yep. This was another add-on to him becoming a man this episode. Like, he chose not to do what others probably would have done, which was like, screw this. I'm not getting what I need from her. I don't want to change, so I'm going to do this because I know I'll get what I want from her. Why <laughs> oh, are man. This episode is just one it's thing just- after another. <laughs> the world is against him right now. Oh, my God. Uh, And they're just gathering with Colm and Dougal and Ned. And they're all like, oh, yeah, everything went great with collecting the rent, Colm. And he's like, how about you tell me about this money that you're collecting on the side? And they all just kind of look at each other like, shit. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) spilled the beans. (laughs) Jamie, he's kind of just giving this look. And Colm's like, oh, well, at least Jamie does me the honor of looking fittingly guilty. And he has this great line where he's like, you're mistaking concern for guilt. I'm not guilty he, of anything. <laughs> like, this is not yep. my party, okay? <laughs> yeah, he's the one getting his shirt ripped off to get the money. That's what's happening. Um, and Dougal is honest about it. He says, yep. we literally just used his back to illustrate British justice and everybody gave their money to us. We didn't take from anybody. And we never lied about what we were doing with the money. It's all collected honorably. Yeah. And all Colin sees is treason written across Dougal's forehead in big capital <laughs> letters. <laughs> and this is what's crazy is that this is the scene where Dougal says, I'm Hamish's father, not you. Like, holy fuck. (gasps) And Ned and Jamie are like, shit. And Colin goes, I am legitimately going to cut your balls off. (laughs) 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 He's like, are we doing this right now? Like, get out. (laughs) And then Ned, the little weasel, is like, I'll try to calm his temper. And Colin's like, yeah, either you do that or I'll calm it for him. Yeah, like, shut but up, you Ned. the line? And that's like Jamie was telling Claire. He says, we all knew that Duel was Hamish's dad, but that is the first time that any of us have ever heard those words uttered out loud. Cause we're not talking about <laughs> just some random guy getting his mistress pregnant. This is the laird's brother sleeping with the laird's wife to conceive a child because Colum is incapable that's a big thing and not something that you want to air to the public. And Dougal is coming out and saying, yeah, I did this. That kid is my son. So you better keep your damn mouth shut and give me what I want. Yep. That was dumb. Dougal. Chill, bro. Jamie's like, I guess we don't need to be talking right now. And, Do- <laughs> and Colin's like, stay. Yeah. <laughs> I see you're in a bad mood. I'm on peace out. Dude. Well, we get well, a chance then- to see why Colum treated Jamie the way that he did earlier in yep. the hall. Yep. Which I'm really glad that they put this in because we find yep. out that Colin wants Jamie to succeed him as the Laird of the Mackenzie clan when he dies. Normally it would go mm-hmm. to Dougal because Hamish is too young, but... Colum knows full well that Dougal's gonna freaking drive the clan into the ground because he's so rash in his judgment and he's a Jacobite. Colum knows how this is gonna end, okay? He doesn't want that for his clan. So he's throwing his weight and his support behind Jamie. And now Jamie has gone and married an English woman. The, the one and only thing he could have done to completely wipe all support from every other member of the clan. He married a Sassanac. You always hear Jamie calling Claire Sassenach, and it's just a nickname yeah. or a term of endearment, and that's not what that yeah. word means in Gaelic. It's not something people should be saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, by definition, it's not a dirty word, but it means English person, and to the Scots in that time, English person was a dirty word. It was very derogatory. Yeah, yeah for sure. Jamie just tells him, like, well, I didn't mean to upset you, and I didn't make this choice. Like, you know, it's kind of where he's coming from. So Jamie is telling Claire all this, which I kind of find this scene funny because... This is, I guess, what married people do. I've never been married before. But even if they're mad at their spouse, they still have conversations like this about other things. And Claire's just listening while she's making the bed. And Jamie's processing. And he's thinking, oh, we're good now. And she goes, no, we ain't. Go sleep somewhere else. And he's like, fuck it. I think you really set the equivalent of, sweet dreams or something like that like have a good night or (laughs) something in a bad attitude how adorable in a bad attitude yeah yeah he literally did he's like well i hope you get a good night's sleep or something like that (laughs) (laughs) like fuck you (laughs) so the next scene is tense because rupert's like this is mackenzie business fraser like that thing and i was like shit And then Dougal shows up, and he's like, I thought we were all going to go (laughs) hunting. Yeah, Dougal's like, I'm over-talking about this. Let's go hunt some stag. I just, poor Willie. You know, it was his first time at a rent party, and he was just trying to be a good citizen and report back to his laird. And he stepped in some shit. Yep. And then Mercer and Jamie are having a pee. And have a <laughs> conversation, as is Outlander tradition. <laughs> to kiss and talk. <laughs> right. Important <laughs> scenes that start out with peeing on something. Have you noticed how much of a pattern this is? Because I actually know no, I haven't. <laughs> There's what well, happens in season four. And it happens here. And it happens at some other time. Season yeah. four, Claire takes a pee in the bucket, and then Angus shows up. You know when she's trying to like yeah. talk about the stones and stuff, but that's so funny. Oh, another pee moment, season two. Uh, um, yeah, 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 that's the one yep. I was thinking. Yep, about. Yep. yep, yep. Yes. Good so, time. pee <laughs> while things are happening is like a outlander pattern okay it's a tradition <laughs> it needs to it's happen tradition. yeah so Merton and Jamie are taking a pee and they're talking about how I don't really see how any of this matters anyway because there's not any Jacobite army and all the brothers are accomplishing is driving a wedge through the clan, because one half is siding with Dougal and one half is siding with Column, and Myrta is going through this whole thing. Well, we should just pick up and leave before this gets ugly. And Jeannie, always the (laughs) considerate one, is like, what about my wife? Like, clearly you're not married. (laughs) And Myrta's like, well, just leave her then. He's like, what? I'm not leaving my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave her. She's clearly mad at you. Let's just go. Yeah. And so... Then Jamie gets this bright idea. He's like, You know what? You're right. This shouldn't be a big deal. I'm going to go talk to Column. And this leads into this whole conversation. And all I kept thinking during this conversation was this is why Column thinks Jamie would be a good leader of the clan. Because how he's thinking this all through appease your brother let him play the rebel as long as he does it quietly and then when it actually comes to a decision needing made you can make that decision what's important now is keeping the clan at peace and he's just talking this all through and i'm like he's a leader of men jamie is yes he's young but he is smart like he's so smart and he cares yeah. about his people and Colin sees that in Jamie and he knows that Dougal does not have those qualities. I just, I love that Colin says, bring my brother to me. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, holy fuck. Like he listened to Jamie. Like that stuns me. You're absolutely right. Jamie is a leader. It doesn't matter how young you are. Like there are people that just have that quality and it's good stuff. It's not like anybody can't learn. It's just there are just some people that really think about it. And you're right. That is Jamie. There was this great quote during that scene that I really liked. Chastising the guilty might soothe your anger, but I doubt it will accomplish anything more. I feel the truth in that so much. It's like, yeah, yeah. You can yell at somebody for doing something all you want and let them know that you're angry, but at the end of the day, it doesn't accomplish anything. Build a bridge and get over it, essentially. It's a really eloquent way of (laughs) saying build a bridge and get over it. So all the men are there. Colm, Jamie, Dougal, and Ned. And Colm is just standing there, back turned. And Dougal, the dumbass that he is, says are we to stand here all day or is there a purpose to this summons? <laughs> oh, I was like, are you serious right now? Are he's you... He's such a dick. He really is. He's just being pissy. So, Colum tells him, go ahead, do your Jacobite thing. Here's the money. And Dougal was seriously thankful not really seeing... The turnaround, you know, like obviously he probably would never have pieced together that Jamie talked to his uncle. Yeah, and then, um, Colin brings up the Duke of Sandringham, and Dougal says, "Best warn the men to keep their arses out of his reach." And Ned goes, "Sweet Christ, man, can you not keep that tongue of yours from wagging?" <laughs> And what's funny is Ned can say that. Not very many people can actually talk to these men the way he does. So Mm -hmm. it's just, I just think that that's funny. And Dougal did shut his mouth there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Dougal bluntly said it, like, cover your butt holes. Uh,
1: (laughs) Went from there. I kind
0: of feel like, yeah, there's those snide remarks from Jamie and Dougal before we actually meet the Duke, but they, like, cut out all the backstory of that, so it doesn't, in context, really make sense, you know? Yeah, kind of. I mean... you don't hear the whole story behind, like, why they feel that way. Which makes me irritated, which is, like, why I don't get why I like that he's, like, one of my favorite villains. I don't get it. That's where the show kind of makes people more likable, I guess. On some level, right. Yeah, and so Jamie's thinking, he's at the water and he's thinking about what he can do with Claire, what he needs to do. Leary helps him find a way, and so he's on his way. Um, (laughs) And goes into Leoc and goes into his room where Claire's sitting by the mirror brushing her hair, and he's telling her what had happened with Column and Dougal. And says, "Colum literally bent over to have peace. And it made me mindful. And she just was like, okay, what did it make you mindful She's about? Like, I'm not impressed, but continue. <sighs> he knows their marriage needs to be different, as we were talking about a little bit ago. And he gets on his knee, makes the pledge, and he goes, is that not enough, Claire? Like, don't you want me anymore? Do you want to live separately? Oh um god. that was heartbreaking when he oh said, god. "Do you not want to live together?" I went, eh. "Do you not want <laughs> me anymore?" Oh That's my like, god, it was the horrible. The insecurity in all of us. Like, "Do you not want me anymore?" Like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, like he literally thought he ruined everything with her. It's just yeah. horrible. She goes, I feel like I should want that, like not to want to be with you. But then she puts her hand on his chest. And did you see him jerk for a second? And then she goes, no, I want to stay with you. And just, oh, Jamie. We find out that her ring, it wasn't just any key that was made to make that ring. That it was Jamie's key to his ancestral home, Lollybrock. Yep. And that's significant in more way than one because he makes the comment that whenever we finally got back there, I wanted you to know that it was as much yours as it was mine. Hmm. Also, this is the moment he tells her when she chooses him. Yep. And she's apologizing like, oh, he won't be able to go back to his home. And he goes, that thought doesn't bother me anymore because you're my home now. And just, it was great. And so they're kissing. He's saying, I want you so bad. I can scarcely breathe. And he's like, will you have me? And she's like, yeah, like, we all would. Um, <laughs> and, and everything commences. This really actually probably one of my favorite sex scenes of theirs. The longest and, sex scene in the history of sex scenes. <laughs> it lasts <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> hey you know it's, it's a lot of emotional processing let's be honest it's <laughs> interesting because this sex scene was the very first sex scene that sam and katrina ever did together this happened before the wedding stuff which kudos to them i was wondering if it was yeah. first sex scene or first scene in general because i went either way it's amazing they both did a really good job yeah, it was their first section. 16- they film in blocks, but they had to, because of actor availability or something, they had to switch episodes. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, but, Good job to them. Jamie and Claire, like, this is their really big I-choose-you-forever moment. So, how did you feel about the dagger? Because... I don't think I would have used a dagger, but I'm also like anything else probably wouldn't have been beneficial either. So this is probably the safer route. But like, I'm still kind of a bit if on the dagger itself, but I'm not against doing what she needed to do, which was get him to understand that you have to promise you're never going to do this again. Like, if you understand you do this, I will cut your heart out. <laughs> like, So how do you feel about that? Because it being mixed with the actual act of sex is a little weird to me, but I guess I get it because of the kind of sex it was in this moment. I got why she was doing it. I understood that part of it. What bothers me about the whole thing is that Her taking Jamie at a disadvantage and holding a knife to his throat doesn't bother people. But him taking a belt to her rear end bothers people. (laughs) I feel like that's a little bit of a double standard. It's both dominating is what it is Mm -hmm. Um, in both situations. Yeah, I just feel like when the woman's in control, it's not as big of a problem. I completely agree with you. There is a lot of double standard in the Outlanderverse, and it's extremely frustrating. No, no. We're not, I repeat, not going to show a man raising his hand to a woman. But a woman holding a dagger to a guy's throat during sex, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's not fine. Like, one way or the other, like, there can't be a double standard on this. Like, we're all about reaching equality. This isn't equality, people. It's interesting they tackled both these things in the same episode, which I thought was smart. Like, it was an equal playing field. He did what he did. It wasn't Mm -hmm. so good. Um, She's letting him know it really isn't. And I need to hear you say you're not going to do this. And just, It's so sad because you can see it in her face. Like, it really hurt her what happened. Mm -hmm. And he did break trust. So he's like, I promise. And then so she moves the dagger. And there's more to it than that. It's an intense sex scene. Let's be honest. He's just on top of her going, I mean to make you call me master. And she's like, master, you know, basically. <laughs> <laughs> did she actually end <laughs> the scene? Because I don't think she no, did. No, she the did it. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. No, no, she didn't. Like That would have been weird. She's just enjoying herself. um, And so is he. They both like kind of lie next to each other, which I love when they lie next to each other like that. It's really cute. He says, I am your master, and you are mine. Seems I cannot possess your soul without losing my own, which is beautiful. That's them in a marriage. It's both of them. Like, it's an equal playing field. So he got that. And that's kind of what ended up happening in this moment is that they are both in this together, which makes me (laughs) – I'm probably going to ruin this, but – she had no Frank in her mind at all. Like literally a few days ago she was trying to get back to him. So did she have that thought process of him at all in this moment? Like in the show, was she thinking about Frank? Because when I read the book, I was like, "Okay, so she was thinking about him." So I was kind of curious when she said um I feel like I should want to like be apart from you. I'm like, is that when she's thinking about Frank? Like I don't I don't know what's happening. I think that it's- they made a conscious choice to Make the conclusion of this episode about Janie and Claire and leave Frank out. Totally. Because this really is the episode where they decide to move forward as a couple. She would have been well within her rights to say, No, I want to live separately. And then guess what? When they live separately, she could have gone back to the stones and gone back to Frank. See, this is where I feel for Claire a little bit because. This would be so hard. Like, what do you do with that? And then she was probably feeling some guilt. Like, I want to be with this other guy here. They wake up and they have this cute little dialogue where he's like, (laughs) What does fucking mean? (laughs) And She's like, it means what we just did. And then he goes, okay. What does a sadist mean? (laughs) She tells him it means someone who gets pleasure, sexual pleasure from hurting someone. He says, well, you don't flatter me over much, but I can't fault your observations. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, it's not exactly the most flattering compliment I've ever received, but it's true. So he goes, like, macking with her because he's hungry. He's like, no, I'm really hungry. Yeah, and he goes, you meant food I'll get you some. <laughs> like, what she a sweet guy. and this little nod, like, yeah, I did. He goes to grab his kilt and then Claire finds something underneath her bed, which is like a witchy thing. And she goes, who would have put that there? And Jamie goes, Leary. And that's how the episode ends. How did you feel about that ending on the note of Leary? I thought that it was fitting considering what happens at the end of next week's episode. Yeah. It wasn't a bad ending. It's just, I know no. some people didn't like it at all. And I'm like, I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> I feel like they needed it to set up what happened. If they had yeah. just ended it on Jamie and Claire laying on the floor being cute and cuddly together, there wouldn't have been a time to explain. There wouldn't have been that catalyst to the story, I guess. Yeah, it would have been a little like choppy. So Yeah. That ends our discussion on the reckoning. We made it. But before we go on to the next part, we have best performance, favorite quote, and yummy moment to talk about. Chelsea, did you want to go first? Sure. Let's just skip right to the yummy moment. I was yes, thinking ma'am. <laughs> that probably the moment that got me going was during the sex scene. When they roll over and Jamie's on top and he lets out this little chuckle and says, I am your master. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you. <laughs> oh, You're so funny. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Damn sexy he um, is. Cute does not begin to describe him. That is one attractive Half of his butt showing. What about you? What you was your yummy moment? I didn't really have an intensely yum moment for this episode, which is interesting, but I will say what kind of got me like a little bit Jamie saying, I want you, Claire. I want you so much I can scarcely breathe. But mostly when he said, Will you have me? I was like, Yes, I will. <laughs> 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 that- <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> So, what about best performance? Has to be hands down Sam Hewen. Nice. That's my same. But I also do have the honorable mention of Katrina, because I really do think she did good with when she was in the scenes that she was in. So, kudos to both of them. But yes, I completely agree with you. What about your favorite quote? It's so hard to choose. I don't really think I had a favorite quote. I actually really love his line when he says, she asked forgiveness and I gave it. But the truth is I'd forgiven everything she'd done and everything she could do long before that day. For me, that was no choice. For me, that was falling in love. Like, I just, I love that line. What about you? In the monologue when he says, Every day, every man has a choice between right and wrong, between love and hate, sometimes between life and death. And the sum of those choices becomes your life. I really like that one. Because it's so true. That's all your life is. It's a series of choices. And what you decide to make of those choices forms what is left at the end of your life. That's the path that you've taken up until this point. It's all these choices. It's a very eloquent way of putting that. Yep. He is very wisdomous, sir, Jamie. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our conversation on The Reckoning. And we're going to do something a little bit different this week. So normally this would be the section of our show where we do the Saffnack Files Recommends. However, we got some exciting news during the break of our episode analysis. There's going to be a new show coming out on Stars that is put together by Graham McTavish and Sam Hewen called Men in Kilts, and we wanted to take a minute to talk to you guys about how excited we are for this show. So first off, let's point out to those that might not have come full circle on this. This is the project that Sam and Graham had been working on forever that was previously known as Clanlands, and it was originally going to be a podcast. And then it kind of turned into this thing. They're like, you know what, let's just take like five cameras and a couple drones out along with us on our adventures and see where it leads us. And lo and behold, where it led them was stars picking up this show and giving us something to watch during the Lambert. And I am pretty excited about it. My only thing is that they changed the name. That's my kind of if on that, is that, like, why would y'all need to change the name? <laughs> like, Clanlands was cool with me. I don't get the whole men and kilts thing. The name still doesn't 100% sit well, but since Graham and Sam are pro-saying it, I will get comfortable. <laughs> what about you? I agree. I don't think they needed to change the name. I think they did it because they're under this notion their market is for women and they think that the idea of men in kilts is sexy first of all me and rebecca cleared up in our first episode that we prefer pants secondly clan flows better it just sounds better it's easier to say than men in kilts and it also covers the basis of what the show is it's not about two men in kilts like the whole trailer we see them it's one at a time that they're wearing a kilt for one thing that we've seen. And they are mostly wearing pants. So it's like you should say two men with pants, if anything. So, like, <laughs> and swords, okay? Like, goodness sakes. I think that it was a, a misguided attempt to draw in people. I think that Clan lands would have been just as alluring as men in kilts. I almost feel like it devalues the project in a way. Because they're yep. making it a sex appeal thing instead of a hey, this is an educational travel show. That's what the show is about. It's not about guys in kilts. like It's not a kilt fashion show, okay? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Also, it's Graham and Sam's project thing. Just let it be what it is. Like, Why did you need to do that? That doesn't make sense because, let's be honest, we're all going to watch because it's both of them. But also, we do love Scotland, and we want to see what they want to tell us which is exciting because we want to know more about the land, too, and the people. But don't let us dissing the title deter you because we're for sure going to be watching it. Like I said, it'll give us something fun to watch during Droughtlander that'll kind of get us back to Scotland in a lot of ways. And what I'm really impressed with is that this is Sam's baby. He put up the money to do this. He produced and directed it. That's impressive in and of itself. And I'm really excited to see, like, see him stretch his legs because I know he's capable of so much more. He's a fantastic writer. He's writing a book, which I'm also super excited about. (laughs) Really excited Um, about it. Yeah, so I'm excited more than anything to see something that Sam created from the ground up. Because I know that as much as he loves acting, there are other portions of the industry that he also enjoys. So I'm excited for that. Me too. And we just found out this week that Sam is going to be in this movie whenever it gets made. It's called Sir Malcolm's List. The book comes out on Audible in like a month or two, and I'm really excited to listen to it. What I read in an article, what I caught the blip of it, was that it's a mixture of Emma and An Ideal Husband. So for those of you who don't know, Emma is written by Jane Austen, and An Ideal Husband is written by Oscar Wilde. And I am super excited because I think both are fantastic. Writers. It just makes me excited because it's supposed to be this romantic comedy and it's something really new that Sam is going to be in. And I don't think he's the main guy in it, but like, it, no, he's not, but like, which sucks. But you know what? He's going to be in a movie, damn it. And you know what? He's going to be wearing Darcy shit, man. Mr. Darcy clothing. I am so excited for this, Chelsea. <laughs> she can't stop talking about it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited, Chelsea. He's going to be in Mr. Darcy (laughs) clothes. Every day, every day. I'm really happy. We're really excited for all of Sam's upcoming projects. Can't wait to hear what the rest of the cast is going to be up to. I saw that Rick Rankin got a new camera and he was showing some of his images that he recently had made into prints on social media. And, oh, my God, guys, he is such a talented photographer. Like, it is nuts. And it's so funny that people ask him what he does when he takes pictures and everything. And he's like, why don't you just go on YouTube? But he goes, you guys really want to hear from me? And I'm like, Richard, quit doing that. Just talk to us. It's okay. We want to hear from you. That's where they're probably going to get it. They don't want to go on YouTube. They want to hear Richard Rankin talk because they like your pictures and everybody's different everyone's got a different process and there's something that he could say that could make it make sense for someone. I agree with you. He's a great photographer and every one of them has all these random talents. It's just great. And I love that Katrina has this book club that she's doing on Instagram, like one book a month and she goes on there live and talks about the book that they just read. So I just think that that's pretty cool. And another exciting thing that's coming out is Tim Downey and David Berry's podcast is going to be dropping soon. woo Also very excited about that. Lots of stuff to keep us busy during Droughtlander, guys. You just have to get on social media and follow all these people, and they will let you know when it is available. Also, entertain you. Oh, my God. Tim Downey is freaking... Oh, no. I backtracked that. Sorry, Tim. You've been trumped. by Stephen Cree. Okay? He just realized he could do filters on his Instagram stories. I can't wait. All right, guys. So, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And now you can just search the Saffanak Files for all of your Saffanak Files social media needs. Also, you can check out our blog, as we mentioned at the beginning. It's www.thesassinacmails.com. And you can find us on all kinds of platforms, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, CastBox, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we're on Podbean as well. I think that about covers it. So make sure to join us next time where we are going to talk 110 by the pricking of my thumbs. Until then, guys, you have a good week, and we will chat at you later. Toodaloo!